Hello everyone, <clears throat> Gay here. Welcome back to Pals Pod. As you notice, again, it's only me. That's because it's eight o'clock on Friday morning. Um, I'm off on a stag do at eleven, and I have completely forgotten about intros and outros this week. Um, so this week on the Pals Pod, we have Matty Everard, um, played for Knots, uh, now coaches at Wasps, played for Wasps um, and Tigers for a bit. I had a good chat with Matty. Um, so yeah, we'll smash straight into it. So there's less of me. But enjoy the show. So here is uh, Matt Everard. Matt, how are you doing? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How's your cup of tea going? Nice. Yeah, good actually. Amy, my better half, just brought me an absolute civil service. Brilliant. Thanks so yeah, all good. All good. Thank you. She's just sat to the side of you. She is. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just you might have to veto some of the stories. Oh, <laughs> no, to be fair, we reached out. We asked uh, your good friend Charlie for some stories, and he went, "There's nothing that can come on the podcast." Which Charlie Davis is that? Yeah, absolutely. Oh God, honestly, mate, the stories he has as well are terrible. <laughs> but he he knows that he's involved in half of them, and uh, I've got just as bad on him, so he wouldn't dare. Uh, 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 well, aren't, aren't you in line to be his best man? I was, mate, a few um, a few months ago now, wasn't it? A few months yeah. ago, was it? That was his best man a few months ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was good actually. It's I uh, I got pretty stuck in my speech. Actually, got obviously it was one of those that I was like, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I was like, oh, fuck it a little bit. I'm just gonna yeah. Best man speech is always a word about being on the line. I was like, I'm gonna really test the line here. So I just got flew into him, obviously. Flew into Emmy, yeah. his missus, flew into his... Get any daggers missus. off Carol? I flew, I got stuck into Carol, actually, pretty much. <laughs> um, that's, the most, that's the most famous, famous, uh, famous rugby mum in, in Premiership and Championship Rugby. Uh, <laughs> she's a legend, isn't she? And uh, there was actually, there was one, there was one line in there, and you know when you're going pretty well in a speech? And I had yeah. one line in there about Charlie's ex-missus, which is a, which is a source, source, source <laughs> especially uh, at a wedding, I was like, I actually bailed on it. I pushed it out. I was like, I'm going pretty well here. I don't need to drop this bomb. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a good lad, Charlie's a lad. Yeah, no, he's good. He's good. But uh, for those who don't know you from uh, from listening to the pods and stuff, firstly, where have you been? But secondly, this is Matt. He's done. He's played for Tigers, uh, Wasp, Nottingham. But Matt, tell us where you started off playing rugby. What, what got you into rugby in the first place? Um... Yeah, so my local club, Lutterworth, which is I'm actually living uh, only kind of less than 10 minutes away from now, um, was the club that I started playing. My dad uh, played for Litchfield growing up. He was a Litchfield mm-hmm. lad. And so I probably, that was probably my first um, introduction to rugby was watching Litchfield Vets um, and watching him get red carded and having pints of shandy at half time and... Getting in, I actually, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I learned to swim in one of the old school rugby baths at Literal Rugby Club. Getting, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, getting the bath of the team afterwards, which was just, I, I think that was me and maybe like four other young lads, you know, sons of sons of my dad's mates, would all pile straight in after, yeah. So that's probably my first uh, introduction to rugby from the old school, mate. <laughs> There's not that's something we don't get anymore, is it? Is the baths in rugby. There was a still contentious point whether it's a good idea or not. I know, I know. I, I, I suppose I get it. It is a shame because, yeah, yeah. My probably my earliest memories was the smell of deep heat and being in one of those baths as a little lad. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, you can walk into the pavilion first in there, and it'd be you'd be engulfed by a smell of deep heat and the amount of tape <laughs> on the floor, and and that's just uh, oh, yeah, very good. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you, have you always been a always been a bat rower or I um do you know what I was one of those kids I was, I was like a massive kid I was like a, I was like went through puberty at just an outrageously early age I reckon I was shaving at like twelve honestly twelve thirteen shaving like Jesus it's really really tall for my age and and heavy so I kind of yeah I always played in the back row I remember actually like my first year at um I went to Loughborough Grammar School um. Come up for a few years and playing centre for a little bit, but yeah, I was always definitely a bat rower. Um, yeah, it used to be good fun being bigger than everyone else and looking older than everyone else. You know, playing rugby back then, and then when you want to start going on, going out to bars and stuff, 
you're 14, 15, 16, it was awesome. It was absolutely, and now look at me, I'm 31, I look about 50, so it's caught up in me a little bit. <laughs> I'm 28, I look 50. And so, we're, yeah, same paper round, I reckon, mate. <laughs> it must have been, it must have been heavy, heavy papers, heavy papers. Must have been the Sunday Times on a Sunday. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, you, you started playing and you found yourself in the back row. Yeah. What was it that, that kept you attracted to playing rugby? Um, God, yeah. I, I loved it, mate. It's funny, like, I don't know, really. I, the contact element of it, like the combative contact side of it, um, it's as, it's as, what's, I don't really know how to say it, it's as much as a team sport as that you can get. What, yeah. I love about, what I love about rugby is you have guys playing the same sport on the same team playing very, very different games and very, very different physiques. You know, like a, a props game to a wingers game. They could be playing a different sport, mate. It's completely different. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they're playing the same sport on the same team. I, I love that. Um, and yeah, it's funny. I, I would like to say I was one of those kids that was like, love football and cricket and tennis. And I was rugby mad, mate. Couldn't put a ball down. That's crazy because we've had a, we've had a few former professionals on but they've always been oh we started in football didn't really get anywhere I did we... I tried it mate I, I used to do the old classic like play play Sunday morning in my local at Lutterworth and then down to the local football club I did that for a couple of years but it was always rugby mate and um, yeah which is funny I still love it now do you, do you we've, had, we've had Lewington and Trimble on yeah and, and they're both Al got, got married on the weekend actually you know yeah I know um, Jim Reeson was his Best mum. Oh, nice. Plays seven or plays eight for us. Um, and shout out to Jim, who will definitely listen. Um, <laughs> and basically, uh, those two were talking about how good at football they were. Uh-huh. Uh, I've played football with Max, and, and and he is quite good, but he is a solo artist. It is really? something rotten. He does not pass the ball for love nor money. It sounds like Al playing rugby, mate. That does. <laughs> <laughs> But to be fair, when he was quick as him, as good as he is, yeah. I pass it well, if I was that quick and skinny, I wouldn't pass either. I know, I know. <laughs> Did you play without knots? Yeah, know? two years, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's had a player, mate. Yeah, he's, I went. Go on. I went. I went down to uh, what like I said to you earlier, Briz uh, versus Sally's at the weekend, and unfortunately, Al didn't make the team. But I saw him running doing his little Malcolms at half time. He's just like what? electric. Electric. It was the quickest thing I've ever seen. It was. It was scary. It was scary. He's um talking like obviously we we're just talking um, before we came on about that twenties team. I was lucky with the Leicester team that I was actually put up with as well. I was a part of that. Kind of had a pretty strong under nineteen team that would have played uh, local under nineteen like Sale, Northampton, Leeds, um, and I was a part of that with you know Fordy and Billy Twelve Trees, uh, Manu. Sam Harrison, do you remember Sam Harrison? Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember Sam uh, really well. Yeah, Callum Green, who's a lot now. We had like a Bauer, actually, we spoke about earlier for a lot of this real, um, what had like nuggety, tough, young Leicester Colts team, which yeah. our, our, our personality wise didn't fit into, but he was our stardust, mate. <laughs> Load of tough blokes and Al on the wing. <laughs> Load of tough blokes, honestly. Then Al sat as far away from it as he could do, just scoring hat tricks for fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, uh, we'll, we'll go into the playing, but do you miss playing? Because obviously you're coaching now, and it's it's a massively it must be a massively different thing. Yeah, it is. I think like different, but then also maybe as close to it as you can be um, mm. without playing. What do I, I miss? The changing room. And then not just around the game, like the change room of the week is mm. class. It's so funny. Um, probably my favourite. Oh God, actually, that's a good one at Wasps. A really good change room at Wasps, but um, at Knots, just I was probably like a, an older senior player then, and we had kind of the best NTU and Nottingham University boys in the change room next to us. We used to get them in every Monday morning for story time, which I miss a lot. Um, <laughs> And then kind of the, the tension pre-game, you just can't replace. You know, that is just something that is, mm. I don't know, you just can't experience without without having it. And then obviously, the, after after a good win, like the elation, the that that kind of feeling post-game. That's probably the actual playing. I, um, yeah, I do miss a little bit. I miss the contact side of it. I probably struggled with that when I stopped. 
some form of pent up testosterone and aggression that I had nothing to unleash on. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's probably it definitely been a change room over everything. So I, was, I still kind of get a little bit of that now as a coach after a good weird and a little bit before the game, but it's not, it's not quite the same. No. Phil, do you miss the same thing? Well, I still obviously do it on a Saturday. Um, during the week is a bit different and Matt would have been changing in the same change rooms that I changed in for years at Knots, and they're not the prettiest. Um, <laughs> but I think that almost makes it better because yeah. you have you have your own little spot and the chat... Uh, the chat's the same every day, but every day it's just as funny. And it's it's just one of those things where you know, it's not quite the same in a corporate finance office. Um, although I do think... The change room chat every day, Tom, is just, it is class, mate. It is, yeah, it's <clears throat> so inappropriate. Things I can never repeat. <laughs> yeah. like daily, daily banter that is like borderline abuse, but the person receiving it would find it as funny as everyone else. Is Yeah, it's, that is... Actually, talking about it now is making me think about how much you, you do miss it. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah. I think there was a there was a comment that I think I mentioned on the pod a few weeks ago that Mike Tindall obviously is doing this back to rugby kind of thing, and he said it's it's the it's the same banter just with blokes that have to go to work the next day kind of thing. But rugby players will always be the same kind of banter and the same kind of personalities but just on an amateur level. And obviously you're, you're, st- you're still in and around the, the professional level. So is it is it the same as it was back then? Or is it a little bit more, not snowflakey, that's a horrible word to say, but a, a bit more young, if that makes uh, sense. I, 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 yeah, I, I do think it's uh, it's probably growing with the times a little bit and what's PC and what's not, I reckon. Uh, I'm sure they, I don't know. I don't know, mate, because I'm not in, in the change room every single day. Um, yeah. I don't really know. I'm lucky, really, in the sense that as I coach now, I'm the same age as a lot of them. I'm, I'm 31, but a lot of the playing squad are a similar generation, generation to me, going through similar things. Like young kids, I've played with. I can have played with a dozen of the team, so I've got. I've still got that kind. Of, when you play with someone, you get a relationship that is some, something else as well. So I'm lucky to have that with a lot of the lads. Um, I would definitely call them. Yeah, sometimes like the whole thing around, we, as a coach, you've got to keep yourself a bit distant from the players. So you can have those tough conversations. That is something I literally completely disagree with. I think that's the biggest like the bollocks ever. Um, I think, I think having close relationships with players, being friends with them, means when you've got to be pretty brutally honest with them, it means a little bit more. I mean, if, if your mate is telling me, telling you, you were shit on the weekend, you know you were shit on the weekend. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's funny because the lads at Pavias don't seem to take that that well from me. The problem with you, Phil, I mean, it's not a problem. It's, it's just what happens. We, Matt, for your, for your knowledge, we had our under-16 step up the other day for the first time into the kind of, uh, in the senior level. And Phil yeah. was treating them exactly how he treats us. <laughs> but he treats me, he always calls me a fat bastard, but... <laughs> the way he treats them is exactly the same how he would he treats someone playing for 20 years yeah so equal opportunities, equal opportunities. I, yeah uh, I, I quite rate that film mate I do. <laughs> you've, got cut, you've got to cut your clock and learn the hard way um, <laughs> I was definitely like that was definitely the way at Leicester bloody hell I was a young lad they wouldn't speak to you some of the senior lads wouldn't even speak to you um, what, what, when, what year were you what years were you playing at Leicester so you used to sign a contract to Leicester when you were 16. Well, you could do it at 16. So I signed at 16 So and then left. I, like I said, I went to Loughborough Grammar School, mm. uh, played at Lutterworth, played at school, left at 16 to sign for Tigers, and we would train every day. Literally like a professional at that age. It was great. I absolutely loved it. And kind of, yeah, got that professionalism from such a young age was, um, was brilliant. We'll, we'll do weights. We'll do gym at 7.30 in the morning go to college for a few hours and then and then do rugby at, at two, two, three in the afternoon. Um, so yeah, it was good, mate. It was really good and a t- tough group of lads with, a, with an absolute, yeah, oh, oh, I don't know, in case he listens, a tough coach who drove us very, very hard. Um, but in case he listens, there's no fucking chance he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Lewington will know if he ever. Uh, Neil McCarthy's called. He's um, 
yeah, a crazy man. Like, but actually a bit of a clever with some of the stuff he instilled instilled work rate that's what I'd say how hard he worked us as young lads I never worked that hard again I mean I never was made I never went into an environment where I had to work as hard as I did as like a cult at Leicester um, so I definitely appreciate that he did that for us I'm sure I would say the same hmm. who was in that senior setup at Leicester when you were there? Oh yeah, it was interesting we went as a lot from as from a coach perspective kind of went through that I don't know if you remember so um Pat Howard would have been the first one, and then, but that was right at the end of him. And so he left and they replaced him with Lafredo, first the Argentinian, who lasted, no yeah, 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 less than six months, I think, honestly. And then they replaced him with Hanukkah Mayer, who lasted even less than that. Tours Achilles in a staff touch, a staff, um, staff 100 meter race um, on his first day. Snapped <laughs> his tendon, mate. I was like, oh, what a start. That's amazing. That and, is um, amazing. I know. And then, um, and then Cockers kind of came in as interim. And then he, yeah, he was class to be fair. Like, I think he, he, he took the club um, kind of back to where it had been under Pat in regards to top of the table stuff. Um, yeah. So, and then the senior players would have been. God, like, yeah, it would have been, you know, your Lewis Moody, your Dan Hipkiss, your Harry Ellis, your uh, Ben Kay, your Louis Deacon, or the Deacon boys, Jim Hamilton. Pretty, pretty intimidating bunch. It's some proper rugby pedigree, that, isn't it, really? Yeah. I've got, I've got a good story about that, actually, just popped into my mind around that kind of generation and, like, cockers. We, um, we used to... Uh, go and watch the academy would get a bus to watch the final it's like we got to, it felt like we got to the final every year it was like that's where it was when Leicester were really kind of in the pump a little bit well not not like the Jono era but do you know what I mean that kind of next the kind of next era and um, so we'd get we'd get a bus as a, an academy like, and uh, obviously fancy dress and boys in the beers all day and that'd be the first team bus the, the match bus the non-23 bus so the, the senior players that weren't picked and the academy bus and it was like a competition between the non-23 bus and the academy bus, which could be the loosest. And um, <laughs> we, uh, we were in fancy dress. I don't know if I should tell this story, actually. We can cut it if you decide you don't want to tell it in the morning. <laughs> I'll, tell it, I'll tell it to a certain point. We were in fancy dress. A Manu was dressed as the Incredible Hulk. And I cannot tell you how big he was back then. He, he was bigger than he is now. He, he wasn't was, allowed to touch weights, was he? Well, so th- at this point he was. And this, oh. <laughs> he, he just lifted the same as all of us. The same amount, as in like the same frequency, which for a guy of his genetics was just ridiculous. He just swelled to the side. He was a joke, mate, how big he was. Uh, anyway, so painted green with ripped, ripped denim shirt and ripped denim shorts, Manu. And he didn't drink a huge amount. His brothers wouldn't let him drink really until he was, I don't know, he might have been older. And he was, so he couldn't drink too much, absolutely steaming. We beat Saris at Twickenham, uh, end of the game final whistle and I just saw this green flash run past me from the stand and he has ran to the pitch like sprinted past a steward who didn't really try too hard to stop him and I was like oh my god Manu what are you doing <laughs> he's ran onto the pitch and gone and give Cockers this massive hug and got covered him in green paint Cockers didn't know what to say and he's gone up to Alessana um, who looked after Manu really because mm. his parents were back in Samoa a fair bit at this point and Alessandro was quite a young man as well. And Alessandro like, pushed him off him and was saying something pretty sternly. And so I went to Manu. Like, me and Baris, and it's just like, oh, God. <laughs> like, they're terrifying, mate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So Manu's kind of walked off like, with, his bloody, um, with his head down. And he's, there was another brother called Andy. There was a lot, there was a lot of them. There was, there was Freddie, Henry, Alex, Andy, Vi, uh, Manu, and Julie and um, Andy was sat about 10 rows behind us who's on the non-23 bus and he walked down met Manu by the side of the pitch took him into the into the into the sheds like inside one of the tunnels where the, where the fans walked past it took him uh, whilst everyone was still in the stadium and gave him a good hiding am I, am I right in thinking Manu is the smallest no actually probably not mate he's the youngest yeah. and it's, it's like an age thing so you, right. you would never disrespect their older brother. Mm. Uh, um, and yeah, Andy Andy was not happy, mate. And me and Ryan, me and Bauer kind of went to see if everything was okay. And it's one of those, like, just going to leave them to it, I think. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could talk for ages about the the lads that was in that squad, but some of them I've always been very interested in is Cockers. Yeah. What is he like his first year as a human being, as a coach and all that? What, what I, I don't know him that well. He was my boss and I, I, was, I was the head coach when I was like a, a pub. So I just did what I was told and avoided him at all costs, pretty much. I mean, like, if he walked into if he walked into the room, I'd find the quickest exit. Like you do as like a young lad, Ryan Richard Cockle. That's just that was the way. And he would he would give me um, he would give me what well, my memories of Cockers though. Him giving me a tackle suit, you know, like the suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to jackal absolutely everything, but don't fucking take the ball. So I was like, oh my god, right, so I'm, just getting, I'm getting filled in now for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Young's and Brett Deacon and give him 30 metre run ups just absolutely <laughs> which is probably why I do look like yeah probably why I look like I do mate and, and things like um, we won we won the A-League uh, we won it two years in the bounce for kind of that young Colts group I was telling you about mm. with, with with a sprinkling of squad players I remember Julian White starting to tighten for us in both both games mm-hmm. kind of towards the back end of his career um and yeah, we, we beat Sale away in the, fi- the second final to win it consecutive seasons, which was massive. The club hadn't done a long time, and we're on the bus on the way back, pulling out of North, pulling out of sorry, pulling out of Sale. All the boys literally cracking, cracking the cans open to start celebrating. Cockers walked to the back of the bus and was like, "That's brilliant! Like, so proud of you. You can put the fucking beers away. You're training at eight in the morning." <laughs> Jesus, I Christ. think I remember that story. I think someone. Someone was unknown at ours. It might have been Dan. Hemo. It was Hemo. Hemo. No. Dan, Dan Hemingway. Yeah. yeah. Hemo was like, mate, played yesterday, trained this morning, and I've got to train here this afternoon. I was like... No, he had a tough run, Hemo. He used to go 80 on a Sunday with Knots, 80 on a Monday night with Leicester second team, Tuesday morning. More like, it was called Morning and Brawling, Tuesday morning. Um, yeah. So we played, yeah, played 80 minutes, won the, won the early final, ready to absolutely get our heads kicked in the next morning by the first team boys. Incredible, incredible. Has uh, has Cockers changed at all, or is he still? I think so, mate. I think so. I think, um, do you know what? He was really, really got top quality on field coach. That's what I do remember on the grass, technically, like the the games or the drills and the like technical feedback used to give. I remember even that age being like, thanks. Do you know what I mean? Like, being like, yeah, yeah. he's made me better, definitely. Um, off the field, I was just scared of him. Uh, um. <laughs> it's so ridiculous isn't it because I remember that I remember when I because I started at Knott's when I was 17 in training with the first team and I was terrified of all like the management so like Glax was obviously the coach you had Beetham was the assistant <laughs> coach and I was like I can't even, I, and we had um, uh, Stimson as well Stimson used to coach us on Tuesday, Thursday night and I was like, I can't even talk to these blokes. And then nowadays, like, Beetham I'll talk to every time I see him. And Glax will drop me a message every now and again. Yeah. And you just think that they're just normal people. I don't know why I was so terrified of talking to him at one point. It's, it's something I try to remember now that I'm a coach. Um, yeah. The younger lads, I try and be as warm as I can be to them. Because I don't think you need to be like that. I think they... Do you know what I, mean? I, I, I just don't think you need to. And I... I I don't know. It's just not my style. I think and then I, I remember signing for Wasps from Leicester and thinking I'm feeling completely different. And it was like being so, being such a part of the senior lads and welcomed by them and the coaches actually die at the time. And I, I, I remember thinking, God, this feels so different. I'm enjoying it so much more. Like the older boys are buying me coffees and going, like going out for coffees with, with those lads. And, and, which I never would have done. And I think it's because when you're an academy player, you're an academy player for a very long time. So if, if you come to the academy at Leicester, I'm pretty sure they probably treat you like an academy player until you get about 10 caps for England. Is that, honestly, like, it's... <laughs> uh, whereas I signed at Wasps as a first-team player. So yeah, I had no academy badge associated yeah, yeah. with from those guys. So they didn't treat me like that. Um, which is interesting. Mm, definitely. We'll, uh, we'll we'll come back to the professional side of rugby. Well, yeah. uh, what we we love to talk about in passport are the the rugby off the field. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your favourite memory of off the field rugby at any of the teams you played at? 
So like uh, team socials, things like that. Tours, socials. So many lads. (laughs) I tell you what about me. Um, Ames actually knows a few. Ames, if you think of any stories, socials. Yeah, that's the first one I thought of. That's what I was going to tell them, actually. um, So So I actually don't drink. I don't know if you know that. I'm t I've never touched it. Um, really? Amazing. Which categorically, you shouldn't trust me. It makes me a weirdo. Um, <laughs> it also means you remember everything, which is the that's, worst. That's, 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 that's <laughs> the reason. We would never trust it. <laughs> I don't think... My temperament, I think, is a good reason why I don't drink. I think I try and avoid stay out of trouble. Um, mm. enough and, yeah, as it is, I don't need... Yeah, I, don't need, yeah, I, don't, I, just, I never have. I don't really know why, but uh, I love going out with the boys. Mm. I love team socials. I'll be up till four o'clock in the morning uh, trying to look after lads have a good time at the end of the night um, and I try really hard to do that because I think it's important I enjoy it but wasps mate, my first team social okay I messed up because you know, you know I know that you don't drink you're always going to get some abuse of some sort so I was always prepared for handy yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it was I was dressed as Peter Pan I don't know why I was Peter Pan but we um Everyone's in fancy dress. We met at the Shepherd's Bush walkabout and mm. I, I was about 10 minutes late, which isn't like cynical. Like, That's yeah. criminal. Absolutely. Criminal, criminal from a teetotal young lad who just on the road. I knew I was in trouble. Okay. And uh, Tom Vondell was uh, oh. uh, chief of mass, master ceremonies. He was just, before you go any further, I've heard a lot of stuff about Tom Vondell. What's Dorsey. his nickname? Because no one releases his nickname. Dorsey. His name's Dorsey. Uh, everyone calls him Dorsey because something to do with his... Sorry, it's not actually that funny. It's Tom Dawes, I think. He's, he's Tom Vondell and Tom Dawes. I think mate, either oh, his mum's right. maiden name or his dad's name's Dawes. Everyone calls him Dorsey. Okay. Uh, the last time I heard it was uh, something about a vibrator. Oh, but yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll move on. Honestly, the stuff... Um, again... <laughs> <laughs> I just burn him so badly. He's just. So if you, if you, I mean, we can get we, you can get him on the pod for us. That'd be fun. We can ask him. <laughs> He's such a wrong one, mate. It is <laughs> uh, you want to get Harry Ellis on as well? We're talking about wrong ones. He's next level. But um, <laughs> anyway, well, oh yeah, it's a bit late, and I was like, right, okay. And that they're, they're all everyone's all sat, sat in a ring like you are at Courty. Mm. Sat down, and I'm, I'll call him Dorsey now because Dorsey was like Evs. What are you doing, you idiot? You're late. You don't drink. You disrespectful young but So and so, come standing. How much can I swear? Let's all play on. Oh, yeah, definitely. Come stand in the middle. You daft to her. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. Okay, so I've gone stand in the middle, and he's like, right, you need to net this. And I kind of always went with like over mindset. Like, if I don't drink, I need to do. What I'm told it. I'm like, I'm already like, yeah. taking the piss. And he poured me this tall shot of chili sauce. And I was like, <laughs> and I, I was like, Tabasco. Do you know what I mean? I thought it might be Tabasco or something. Yeah. So obviously, like, like, cheers, lads. Boom. Necked it. Gone and sat down. Um, and by the time I sat down, like, went from the middle to sat down, I was, like, drenched and starting to feel pretty out of breath. I was like, oh, shit, I don't feel great. And anyway, and everyone, all the lads look at me like this. Uh, and I was like, what? <laughs> I just drank, lads. <laughs> and anyway, Dorsey had ordered me Mad dog chili sauce, Google it. It's like one of the hottest chili sauces. Yeah, first chili. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good chili, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you might put like a drop in to a meat, like a vat of chili and cook it for four people. And, like, <laughs> I had a tall shot raw. I was <laughs> fucked, lads. Like, so fucked. I threw up so much. It was <sighs> like passed out. Um, my sweat was so spicy. One of the lads was trying to help me. It was Wadey, actually. Christian Wade trying to help me. My sweat went in his eye and he called an ambulance. <laughs> he, he, he was so worried about his eyes. Um, <laughs> I had, because uh, d- 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 it was fun to Tom Vondell, Christian Wade, Simon McIntyre, uh, and two other lads dressed as a Jackson 5, the five, five lads, <laughs> ran down the street to buy pints of milk. They're all so pissed as well. Do you know what I mean? They're so drunk. Ran down the road and bought like a massive cart of milk and of yogurt. They thought would cool me down the dairy, <laughs> like, soaking me in dairy. I was like, "What is going?" On? Anyway, I ended up in hospital. I ended up in hospital. I was shot so, me. <laughs> I um, I was so I, I got a taxi to hospital. I was like delirious and nearly had to my stomach pumped. Was on a drip that night. Um, 
I lost about six to seven kilograms. I really struggled to maintain my weight as a player. Jesus Christ. fell off me. And I remember the meeting, the meeting, the meeting on the Monday morning. I was starting for the club at the time as well. I was playing a fair bit. Guy was like, lads, I, I try not to laugh. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? You just nearly killed our starting open side. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad one. That is a very good story. Yeah. I love that. I rate that a lot. Very I rate good. that a lot. No, so just just before we we jump into the into the um, Phil's package, as it's so well known. Oh, nice. Um, we were discussing earlier the um, England squad that you played in under twenties. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if, if I just run through, so you. You were you played every game in the Six Nations, every game in the World Cup, and then you got benched for the final against New Zealand. I'm pretty sure, mate. That's yeah. I think I started every single one. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I started every one. And then, yeah, Rob Hunter, um, who's now the extra Chiefs forwards coach, actually. So, mm. um, yeah, so we're going to go with our biggest pack, which fair enough. And and to be fair, mate, you look at the the guys who started at six and seven, fucking both better than me, correct? Um, so if I, if I just read this team out the England team first and then we'll follow with the New Zealand team you played against so uh, Maku Vanapola Mike Hayward Henry Thomas on the front row Joe Launchbury and Charlie Matthews in the second row Sam Jones Matt Kvezic and Alex Gray on the back row Alex Gray captain and all round just unbelievable player um, Chris Cook at nine George Ford at ten Owen Farrell and Elliot Daly in the centres, Christian Wade and Andy Short on the wings, and Ben Ransom at fullback. Fuck me. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? That is a ridiculous team. It is. It's in, yeah, it's a very, very good team. I was very lucky to be a part of it. And like, there's the lads that you've probably not even said that like, were in the squad, like Dan, yeah. Rob, Dan Robson, Marlon Yard, Manu was in the squad, but he, he mm. got called up to the Senior World Cup. So he was uncapped. And they're like, actually, he looks pretty sharp in the 20s and the Six Nations. Let's take him to the... But <laughs> Martin Johnson took him to the Men's World Cup. I think it's, that was the ferry gate, potentially. Yeah, that's 2011. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. the uh, real uh, good breakthrough for him. Billy Bonapola. Billy, Billy didn't get picked. He played in the Six Nations, but Rob said he wasn't fit enough, so didn't take him. Um, yeah, mate. Yeah, pretty lucky to play, play with those lads. So then the New Zealand team, <laughs> which I can't believe these are all the same age, which would suggest why New Zealand have been so good over the last few years. Yeah. So you've got Salomona Sakalia, I think that's how you say it, Cody Taylor, Ben Tamifuna, Stephen Luartua, Brody Vitalik, Brad Shield, Sam Kane, Luke Whitelock. That's not a bad pack, is it? No. Uh, number nine, TJ Perinara, Gareth Hanscom at 10, Lima Sopawanga and Francis Saeli in the centres. Yeah, Charles Peterow and Michael Scott on the wings, and uh, a young Bowden Barrett at fullback. Um, somehow you managed to lose that game, right? I don't know what the fuck went on. I know, I know, <laughs> funny, isn't it? Like they, it was a hell of a ding dong. Actually, it was a good game. Was it twenty two eleven? The score there is that right? It's it was twenty two thirty three to New Zealand. Oh, twenty two thirty three. Okay. Um, do you know who was an incredible match to play with? And I still would say probably the best player I ever played with was Fordy. He was a joke, man. Was he? Oh, incredible. Like, just through the whole... And, and we were the academy at Leicester together. So I had him had him as my 10 that I played with kind of through all the age group stuff with England. And then also uh, as a young lad at Leicester. Mm. And honestly, man, just a joke. Even... Still now, I watch him, and he just does not get the credit that he should do. He is... Oh, I hope so. Mark, Mark Smith is like... Should be just starting 10 for England, definitely. Like, brilliant. But George is just... And he... So that actually, that 20s World Cup, he won play of the tournament. So look at all those players. He won play of the tournament. And he was three... He, was, he, was just, he had three more years. So he had yeah. that year. So he had that year and two more years. Yeah. He, was like, he was like 17. It was, he was 17 when you were nine... Oh, he was 17 when you were in the under-20s, yeah. Yeah, so he had two he had more... He little years. flop haircut, didn't he? It's kind of come down a bit. Yeah, so he had like a 19-year-old Charles Peertel, Bone and Barrett, Sam Kane. And he um, and he got played the tournament as a seventeen-year-old mate. Joke, it's a joke. But yeah, that's mate. crazy. I mean, I know I'm biased, but the fact that Stephen Nuttall was playing in that that age group still yeah. scares you now, doesn't he? Yeah. You look at the, you look at the, like even Charles now and uh, Ford and people like that. 
they're still going, but they're still going at the highest level of rugby. Yeah, they are. That's crazy. And like you look at like the, the the core of that team, it's probably the core of the England team. So I look at the England team, like the core of the England team that over the last kind of ten years, really, like Mako, like Billy was in mm. there, Joe Launchbury, um, obviously George and George and Owen, Jonathan Joseph, Marlon Yards, Manu. Um, actually, Marlon didn't really get that made. They dropped, yeah, but so a good core of those boys uh, went on and got fifty plus claps and deservedly so. Yeah, hundred percent. We're going to take a, a quick two minute break because Alex Lewis has just messaged me saying I've got a few stories, but none of them are PG enough. So <laughs> I, I try and grab one or two PT, uh, PG stories. Phil, would you like to get your package out for Matt? Oh, Let's please, Phil. Do it. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we are on Zoom. My missus is here, so I'll have to I can't believe she's been happily sat there listening to us chat shit for the last half an hour. I'm used to it, bless her. <laughs> she's, she's, she's smiling and saying, I'm so now. The phone battery's running low. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Right, so it's just a quick fire answer round, Matt. Um, pretty simple questions. Right. I'm just I'm just thinking how many of these are going to get you in trouble. I don't think they will. Um, <laughs> but if they do, it's your own fault. Um, red or green? Oh, uh, green. Favourite beverage? Oh, a cup of tea. No, I can't say that, can I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, lesser or wasps? Wasps. Uh, best player you've played against? Against, oh crikey! I do you want to be really quick fire. Or can I really think about it? You want I to mean, quick fire is the round, so no, it works. <laughs> um, I... This is still quicker than our club captain Dougie. So <laughs> fifteen minutes. So uh, um, I've actually forgotten his name. It's the All Black Seven. That, um, Sam Kane. No, the older one that was kind of always understudy to McCaw. He went to the Ospreys and I played against him. Oh, oh man. Um, How have I forgotten it? Okay. Played for Auckland, didn't he? He was a joke, mate. And I just remember thinking, oh shit. I came on at the same time as him and he, he showed me a thing or two. It can't be that, it can't be that, that good. I just remember his name. <laughs> Let's go, Charles Peter. But that's it's still not not a bad shout, is it? I'm going to Google it now. I really want to know. Sorry, lads. Just come. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm yeah, Google, Google. Can you, can you start again? I don't worry. We can edit. Yeah. Phil says we. I mean, Tom can edit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! His fucking name. Oh. Um, oh my. I did it then. It was just here. War black scrum out. Osprey's flanker, All Blacks, two th- would have been 2010, maybe. I had it just here then. It just not Jerry Collins, not Marty Holler. Marty Holler. There you go. Ask me the question again quick. Okay. Who's the best player you played against? Marty Holler. Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. You'll need your phone for this one. Okay. Last thing you Googled on your phone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let me go back a page. Oh, this is really shit house. This is. We've got Gloucester and Kings on Saturday, so I was looking at the weather. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's a very good, good idea to check the weather down there. Best, best ever teammate? As in off field. Uh, just in general here. Yeah. Joe Launchbury. Um, and then another one that probably mean nothing to you, John T or Jim? What? John T or Jim, they're two players of ours with... Uh, John T? What a posh name. I'm going to go with John T. <laughs> yeah, he's the scum half. He's a wanker. <laughs> Jim, then. So we'll only keep you a, a little bit longer, Matt. But um, Phil, do you want to do best or worst? Yeah, I'll ask you what your best rugby memory is. 
Uh, that's a very good question. Scoring against Wales in Wales. Um, it was a Grand Slam decider. It was a, in an, like an age group game. And I scored right at the end of the game. There you go. That would probably that's be. not a bad memory, that, is it? In where, how, so you score against Wales in Wales. Mm. Walk off the pitch. How do you feel? The thing, the thing is, with scoring, it is like ecstasy. I think it's like the, it is just this, especially like a big moment. I think, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's, yeah, that is an irreplaceable feeling. Once we spoke about me missing, if I miss playing and things like that, I didn't score that many. But when you do score, especially a big, a bigger, and it's yeah, it's pretty class, and that that one definitely sticks my mind. Yeah. What was your uh, what was your worst rugby memory? Um, uh, maybe because it's fresh in my head at the moment. Uh, because we've because uh, we've got um, we've got Gloucester on, on Saturday. I've never won at King's Home. Okay, and um, mm. yeah, no, never won there. I must have played there like in half a dozen times as a player. It's probably even more there as a coach. And, Fucking never won there, and um, I played there once as a twenty-year-old on Boxing Day. Okay, and I don't know if you've been to King's Home much and watched yeah. it. And like, like rugby's crowds, like obviously you can hear crowds like Welsh Road's amazing, mm. but like when you can hear and feel hostility in rugby, it's not actually that common. King's Home, you can, especially on Boxing Day, and they're all pissed up. And I remember thinking, I was only 20, so again, pretty wet behind the ears. And we had a really young Worcester team out. The back row was actually me, Billy Vanapola, and Joe Launchery. And I was 20, and I was the oldest. Oh, nice. I mean, so all, like those two, obviously, like world class players, but they were, they were pups. We were playing against Andy Hazel, um, was it Buxton? And um, Inquera, Inquera, the Fijian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, oh my God, I just remember getting at what our asses felt, mate. We got probably. <laughs> Like properly physically, and the crowd just going eeyore, 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 everything we did. And it was Boxing Day. I remember thinking, "Oh, no, it's the hardest game I've ever played in, hands down." We lost by three. Yeah. And um, family tradition: we always went to my grandparents on Boxing Day, like always. And my dad came to the game. Absolutely, obviously, comes to every game still now, even with the coaching, and uh, drove me back to my grandparents' house after the game. I remember walking in, they've all clearly watched it on the TV, do you know what I mean, that day, the whole family. <laughs> my, my dad must have called them, my mum must have been like, just don't bring the game up. And I've walked in, and everyone's like, so quiet. And be like, hi, Matt, Merry Christmas. I was like, <laughs> we'll fucking talk about the game, guys, don't worry about it. But yeah, that was probably, that was a tough one. That was a really tough one. Yeah. So normally on Pazpod, we, we end with a, a semi-serious question. Okay. But, so you're obviously coaching at Wasps at a minute and yeah. we're in a situation with rugby where it's it's probably shrinking more than the more than most sports the men in the sense of grassroots and stuff but how do in your opinion as a, a, prem, a, a Gallagher Prem coach how do we what's the best way to grow rugby around the UK at a minute I know we've not given you any context or any preparations on that but oh, that's, a, that's a good question I don't know I think, um, yeah, that is, that is a really tough question. Do you know what came to my mind initially? Is England being successful? I know mm-hmm. that's ridiculous, but like, I'm pretty sure you, you, you know, you read things after 2003 of like a ridiculous spike in community rugby. But like, I, I, it then sounds ironic to say invest more in England, who are obviously the richest union in the world. I like, don't do that. That's <laughs> I'm like, what am I on about? I give it to the community, of course. But um, yeah, God, I don't know, man. I, I, I so I coach at um, still coach at a community club, Long Eaton, who are Midlands too, mm. and, and because they're my perception of community rugby. It's probably a little bit skewed because it's, it's this amazing club, mate. Amazing club run yeah. by this amazing man, Chris Brooks. Yeah. And I, and I, what I do when I have been and played uh, away games um, with those guys and, and take them like round um, round Notts and Derby, I see some of the other clubs. I just want, I just think, oh god, they need a Chris Brooks, man. They need a Chris. Mm. They need someone who can just get it by the bollocks and organise it and fundraise and do uh, extract every penny they can from grants and things like that, which he does. So, seriously committed, intelligent individuals. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, mate. That's, that's probably as far as I can 
I, I, I had one for you, Matt, um, which is probably a bit closer to home for you. Yeah. What are your thoughts about um, ring fence in the Prem? Uh, I, I see it on two sides. I think for Premiership rugby, crap. I think we've got uh, crap. Maybe I should say that. My current job for Premiership rugby. <laughs> For Premiership rugby, I think it takes away such a big element of competition and excitement. Mm-hmm. Like you'd you'd be watching the games at the bottom of the league towards the end of the year with as much on the edge of the sea as you were in the, in the semi-final or the final. I found that it used to be like it's people's livelihoods. You know, it is like absolute yeah. des- desperation time, like ridiculous. But then I also see it. So that's that would be the negative side of it. The positive side, I see the positive from the RFU in England in regards to. Will clubs be more willing to play young English players without the risk of relegation? Um, potentially, mm. I, potentially, I don't know. You, you kind of saw it that year, the kind of COVID year, like less <clears throat> Tigers did it. No, Steve, Steve Borthwick did it, and they were, yeah. they were crap, they got a hiding. Like, and now those young English lads are the core of that Tigers team that have absolutely romped their way to top of the table, deservedly so. I've been really, really good. So, yeah, um, 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 I, what can, who's my employee? I'll tell you. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's a part of me that will definitely miss that that level of competition, that extra that extra edge. Who's uh, and it could be Was, it could be anyone else. Who's the who's the young player that we should all be looking out for now? Obviously, everyone wants to get Marcus Smith and all this, but you, you've coached and you've obviously coached teams against players, who's the one that stands out to you that goes, do you know what, he could probably probably spark up a little bit of passion in England for rugby. Yeah, I probably, I'm a bit late on him. Like, well, I'm not, but it's it's a bit past now. Everyone already knows about Alfie, Barbary. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I started coaching when he was like 15. And I was like, oh my God, this kid is a joke. I was actually still playing at the time at Knotts. Okay. Hmm. Um, so my, my, my last year playing full time, I was coaching the under 18s at Wasps as well in the evenings. Uh, as kind of like a transitional year into full time coaching. And um, Alfie was kind of like a 16 year old that we played for the under 18s because it was such a joke. And uh, I definitely wasn't going to be doing this at the time, but I didn't really know any of the regulations at that point. I was just playing in a bit of a camp. <laughs> and I remember like doing a live contact session with him. So I was 27 and he was 16. I did like some live technical one-on-one work with him. A 16, mate. And I remember walking off the pitch afterwards being like, I need to fucking retire. Be like, oh my. He literally, this 16-year-old schoolboy kicked shit into me. And I was like, played bloody 100 games in the championship. I was like, oh my God, who is this? Is, uh, that, is he that good? Yeah, he's good, mate. He's good. Well, like another good little story about him. He, um, he used to like, set goals for the younger lads. Do you know I mean? Hmm. So the, the Premiership Rugby have got an under-18 tournament. And I would set goals for them like, the, the, before they played. I remember setting a goal. We were playing Yorkshire under-18, so we're good, actually. Um, on the Saturday, setting goals with Alfie on the Thursday night. And I said, like, what are your goals, mate? And he, I thought he'd be like, oh, tackle percentage. Or something. He just says, I'm not going to get tackled, Evs. I was like, what? He's like, I'm not going to get tackled. I was like, you aren't going to get tackled in the whole game? He was like, nah, mate, I don't want to get tackled on Saturday. I was like, anything else? He was like, nah, that's the only one. Like, All right, okay. Didn't get, tackled, mate. Didn't get tackled once, mate. Didn't get tackled. I was like, oh, shit. He scored a hat-trick. Um, from Hooker I watched the game back didn't get a tackle once he made he either offloaded it he either scored or he made a line break and passed it he didn't once go to the deck I was like oh my god is that a joke um, yeah so he's I don't know if you already know about him but Alfie is yeah someone else different gravy different, so we were thinking that he, he for most people that know rugby he started a hooker now he's a back rower and that's yeah. probably the best move for him yeah I think so I think Honestly, I reckon he would have been successful at either because he's just he's he's that good. Um, he yeah, it was interesting, like the I don't know what you off which right, like Eddie Jones and, and us at the club were involved quite a lot about the positional thing, and it was pretty mm. much what we We're like, what do you want to do, mate? And he'd been playing back row a little bit because we had some really good senior hookers at Wasps and a few injuries right. at the row. Been playing back row and was like, I love this. This is great. I don't have to worry about throwing. That was <laughs> the main thing. I don't have to worry about throwing. It's like that was what got on top of him a little bit. And that was it. Now he's now he's about uh, done and dusted. Amazing, amazing. I think if anyone that knows rugby that knows that 
Alpha Babu will be in that England squad for a long time. Yeah. yeah a long time when he gets there. Oh, yeah, no, Touchwood, 100%. But I think we'd all love to see him there. But anyway, Matt, thank you very much for coming on the pod. Uh, thanks, James. I loved it. You've, uh, you've had to deal with a, a, a very boring Phil and a, a relatively pissed Tom. So you've done well. <laughs> most, of the time, most of the time, people find me out a lot earlier. But <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. We'll have to get you up to, uh, we always say this, but we'll have to get up to uh, Pavia's for uh, definitely yeah. at some point. Definitely. And, uh, JP, Josh Pula, is he still knocking about pubs every now and again? Yeah, like a bad smell. Is he? <laughs> uh, no, he's uh, he's a bit too, too bit, bit too high class for us. But <laughs> you, you, you and Pule on a, a live pod would be mm. a good plan. Be a I've, good got plan. Do, I've got some good shit on Pule, so I'll enjoy oh, it. Well, there we go. Then. That's the la- first live pod sorted. Then thanks for coming, mate, and we'll uh, we'll text you soon. Top man. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Tom. Cheers, Cheers Ralph. See you guys. So that was Matty Everard, uh, top bloke, top chat. Always good to uh, to hear stories about kind of previous professionals and uh, and what it's like now. Also, it's quite amusing to know that he passed out from having a shot of chilli sauce, if I'm honest. Um, but like I said, that was Matty Everard. Matty, thank you for coming on. One thing I wanted to point out, um, there was a shout out to Jim Reeson from Phil in there because we spoke about him. Jim, if you're listening, I'm retracting that shout out now. Um, for those who... who care i was on a, a work night out chat to my director um yesterday in the middle of nottingham penny lane and jim reason comes in drunk and um, decides to cuddle me and mimic my voice saying oh look goats run 100k oh look at me i can run so jim officially retracting the shout out um for those who want to know you can donate to that gate to 100k just drop us a message and we'll send you a link um Obviously, loads of stuff come up towards the end of the season. Uh, Easter Pub Golf has been announced. Exciting. Um, Dougie Billings has put in information out about that. So that's nine pubs, 18 holes of absolute great banter from me. Um, and then also Centenary Ball. It's going to be 50 quid a head or 550 quid for a table of 10. Um it's going to be free course dinner, uh, a nice little dance, a nice uh, raffle as well. It's just to celebrate Pavia's being 100 years old. Um, so perhaps from the from previous uh, former Pavia's, that's what I was meant to say, um, any new Pavia's, there's going to have to be an age cut-off, obviously. You can't, you can't bring your babies. But £450 for a table of 10, £50 a head, if not, if you've not got... 10 friends uh, or nine friends I probably don't have one friend but get your tickets uh, speak to Neil Kendrick about that if you need to and then uh, yeah crack on have a good good weekend <laughs>